2: is No Credentials Required, covering sports around the mighty 518, part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. Here is your host, Ryan McCarthy. Good morning, sports fans, and a happy Thursday to you. Welcome to the Morning Cup edition of No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We are presented by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. Today in the Morning Cup, we're going to talk about some college football. Our buddy Gardner Royce will stop by to talk about the NBA Finals, we'll do a little Throwback Thursday while I will play a clip from past episodes. Before I do that, though, I just want to remind you about our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram. It's No Creds R E Q D. On TikTok, it's No Creds R E Q. Facebook.com/No Creds R E Q. And on YouTube, search No Credentials Required. Subscribe. And hit the notification bell for when new videos are released. On the podcast side, our home base is Spreaker, but you can subscribe wherever you check out podcasts. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, any platform that hosts podcasts. And if you can also do so, please rate the podcast. Five stars is optimal. And if you can, leave a review, because rating and reviewing lets people know that our podcast exists in the vast, vast universe of podcasts. So we're going to talk about college football in this opening clip. And I want to take you through some f- college football games to watch among the major universities in 2022. So we're going to start off in week, I guess you could say week zero. Although I don't know if week zero this exists anymore, but uh, I, call it, I still call it week zero. So week zero will take place on August 27th. And the game I got spotlighted is Northwestern at Nebraska. There's big talk around Lincoln as to whether this will be head coach Scott Frost's final season as Cornhuskers head coach. His reign has been kind of disappointing so far, although last year they had the best 3-9 and record that I can remember in recent years. And this game will really start the conversation with a Big Ten Western Division matchup against the Northwestern Wildcats. Week one the following week, that's September 3rd. I've got my eye on Utah and Florida. Utah will travel to the Swamp to face the Gators. The Utes are coming off one of their best seasons ever. They'll probably receive a high ranking in the preseason top 25. And they're also coming off a Rose Bowl appearance, but the Gators are looking to... Build off what was kind of an under underachieving year in 2021, where they didn't go to a major bowl game, and they kind of want to build off of that season and try to be a contender in the SEC East. So this is a big matchup for both teams in Week One. Week Two, September 10th, it's Alabama at Texas, and this is a prelude to the Longhorns joining the SEC in a couple of years. They're get a taste of what's going to be like to play in the SEC when they face college football playoff runner up the alabama crimson tide no doubt the crimson tide will probably be ranked number 1 in many top 25 preseason polls in week 3 on september 17th i got my eye on penn state at auburn um a, imp- I'm a, a little i'm a little a little partial because uh, penn state is my college football team Surprisingly, this will be only the third time these two teams meet in school history. They've met in bowl games before, but this will be the first regular season game. This will set up a potential top 25 matchup provided both teams are in the top 25 then. The following week, week four, I've got my eye on Maryland and Michigan. Why? Because the Terrapins had one of their best seasons As a member of the Big Ten last season, they look to continue to build on that and go into the conversation of possible Big Ten East champion. Michigan, though, they're looking to climb back up into the the national championship conversation. Last year, they went to the college football playoff and got absolutely stomped by Georgia. But they come back, and Jim Harbaugh's team is looking to get back in the national conversation. Week 5 I've got Alabama at Arkansas. The Razorbacks last beat the Crimson Tide back in 2006 and last season they almost pulled off the upset in Tuscaloosa. This year though, the game comes back to Fayetteville and last year the Arkansas Razorbacks had a very good year and if they win this game, they finally beat Arkansas they finally beat Alabama for the first time in 16 years. This might propel them to prominent national conversation, too. Week six, I have Auburn at Georgia. The Bulldogs are entering the teeth, no pun intended, of a tough SEC schedule, which sees them play Auburn, Florida, Tennessee, Mississippi, and then finally Kentucky to round out their SEC schedule. And the Tigers are their first opponent. And Auburn is never an easy W whatsoever but Georgia has one of the best defenses in college football they bring back a very good offense so this will be Kirby Smart's big te- first big test outside of Oregon in week 1 in the SEC week 7 I've got Alabama at Tennessee another team that has not beaten the Crimson Tide since 2006 is this the year that Jeremy Pruitt's team finally breaks that long Losing streak against Alabama. The Crimson Tide, they travel to Knoxville in what will surely be a slobber knocker, as good old JR likes to say. Week 8, I've got my eye on Cincinnati at SMU. The Bearcats travel to Dallas to take on the Mustangs. So why do I have a group of five game featured in this breakdown? Because... The group of five deserves some love, too, damn it. (laughs) And this game could be a major decider on who will play in the American Athletic Championship game. This week eight is usually the time in the college football season when we start to see some separation between the great teams in the conferences and the teams that are kind of just there. This is one of those games. Cincinnati and SMU always in top contention in the American Athletic Conference. Week nine, I've got my eye on Oklahoma at Iowa State. This will be only one of two remaining times these two will play each other in the Big 12. And this game is going to be played in Ames. This is going to be a very important game for Iowa State. Should they be in a maybe one or two loss conversation coming into this game, and they're still in contention for the Big 12 championship game? Could this win for the Cyclones finally get an edge in that conference for a big 12 championship week 10. I've got my eye on James Madison and Louisville. I know you're asking yourself, Ryan, why is this game featured? I'll tell you why, because the Dukes were a long time power in FCS. This is their first season in FBS. And what a better recruiting tool than to play an ACC opponent, a power five opponent and possibly beat them on their turf. James Madison, again, powerhouse in FCS, First year in FBS. This might be a big game for them to get themselves some top quality talent going into the future of their FBS existence. Week 11, I've got Northern Illinois at Western Michigan as my spotlight game. It's the Mac, baby. And in the Mac, you play Wednesday games, especially late in the season. This is a possible Mac championship game preview between the Huskies and the Broncos. Always got my eye on Mac, baby. Come on, Tuesday and Wednesday games, you can't go wrong. In Week 12, I got Miami at Clemson's Dabo Sweeney versus Mario Cristobal. This game could be the decider on who wins to the Coastal Division title and has a shot at an ACC Championship game appearance. Why is this game important? Because the next week is a possible decider of the Atlantic Division in the ACC Championship game, and that would be Virginia at Virginia Tech, one of the key rivalry games that happens late in the season. This could decide one of the divisions in the ACC championship game. So these are the games I'm looking at in the college football 2022 season. Let me know on social media, which games are you looking at? Are you an alma mater of some of these schools or just a fan of some of these schools? Let me know on social media, which games you've got your eye on in 2022. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When I come back, we'll do 10 good minutes with Gardner Royce. This is the Morning Cup edition of No Credentials Required. In the Clutch features the best and officially licensed MLBPA and MLSPA clothing. In the Clutch features teams from every city like New York, Boston, Philadelphia, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, and more. It also features designs for every league including Major League Baseball, the National Football League, the NBA, and the NHL. Plus, check out exclusive collections as well as vintage wear. Head to endtheclutch.com, enter promo code NoCreds at checkout for ten percent off your order. And joining us for ten good minutes is our NBA guy, Gardner Royce, formerly of Channel Six News, and we'll talk some. We'll talk some hoop. Gardner, how are we doing today, bud?
0: Good. It's Wednesday, but it feels like Aloha Friday. So, hey, I'm happy to be back on.
2: Yeah, and again, thanks for the yeah, thanks for the memo on uh, Hawaiian shirt day. I appreciate that. <laughs> Happy so to be back. All right, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. What's about game 5 of the NBA finals? What surprised you? What what did you expect the uh, another big win by the Warriors? Is it what what kind of thing stood out to you?
0: I, it was just a great game. It was exciting. Um I thought that the Celtics really had a great third quarter which was rare for them in the playoffs but also in this NBA finals whereas the warriors had dominated that third quarter it was one of the reasons that they were able to uh you know have it tied 2-2s when when they won those Earlier two games, they dominated the third quarter. So I'm looking at the box score right now. Boston outscored them 35-24. to 24. It was really when they were able to come back into the game to make it a game. Because for a, a while, it looked like the Warriors were going to run away with it. Then Tatum got going. Boston got going. They silenced that chase crowd. And then like we've seen also throughout this NBA Finals, Boston just like forgot how to play basketball in the fourth quarter. I mean, it was a st- Astounded. they missed free throws they turned the ball over and when their offense is bad it is unwatchable um i not to 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 jump ahead with questions but i think they potentially lost the series by blowing game four and they lost another game uh in that fourth quarter and now it's three two and the warriors are rolling
2: yeah Let's talk about a couple of players who kind of stood out in this game. First of all, Steph Curry, no three pointers whatsoever for the first time, and I, I can't think of how long he's he has didn't have a three. And Andrew Wiggins had a huge night. Talk, like, talk about them for a, a minute or two.
0: Absolutely, I think that's one of the that's one of the things that's been so amazing about this Warriors team is how deep they are. Um, I was talking with a friend about this. The Warriors have been competing for championships since 2014, 2015, right when they you know when they win one. And yet so, so a lot of times when teams compete for championships, they have to max out, right? They they don't have young guys. They don't have as many uh, contract flexibilities. The Warriors are a really deep team. They've got young guys like a pool. Uh, they traded D'Angelo Russell for, the, the, uh, for, for Wiggins and whatnot. But they've got role guys. They've got young guys. And, of course, they've got their veterans. And so they're a very deep team. When Steph Curry, who's coming off one of the greatest finals performances, 43 points, when he's not hitting from three – for a guy like Andrew Wiggins to step up and, you know, enter his name in the if they win, is he the finals MVP? Mm-hmm. I don't know. So. Steph's getting that. Um, it just speaks to how deep they are. It speaks to why they're one win away from a championship. And then the other thing with Steph, though, he doesn't hit from three, obviously, but still his floater's good. He is always a threat from the perimeter, even when he's having, you know, a historically bad shooting that from beyond the arc. So it was just impressive. It was a testament to their depth.
2: All right, let's move ahead to Game Six, which is happening on. We're recording this on a Wednesday, but we're uh, we're we're getting to a, a bit on Thursday, since there will be no addition of the Morning Cup on Thursday. What do the Celtics? Let's talk about both teams. What they have to win first. Let's start with the Celtics. What do the Celtics need to do to win Game Six and force a Game Seven?
0: They got to wake up. I mean, they got to realize that they have. If they mess around, these are going to be the last four quarters that they play this season. And many times throughout this season, this series, the Celtics should, the Celtics should have won the game, and from my estimation, they should have won the series. I, I have said this, uh, I think, from the beginning of the series. The Celtics, in my opinion, are the better team. The Warriors have the better player in Steph Curry, but the mm-hmm. Celtics should be up three to one. They're not. Should have, would have, could have. Doesn't matter. So it's three two heading back to Boston. If you're Boston, you just say, hey, we have to limit the turnovers. They had so many costly turnovers, and it was still a close game. That's what was so amazing about uh, about the last game. They they played poorly. They had all those turnovers, couldn't hit their free throws, and it was still a close game. So if they wake up, if they limit uh, those turnovers, you got to get Jalen Brown more involved. Um, Tatum's got to be more effective. And I think the Warriors smell blood. <laughs> I think this is a situation where they're going back to Boston, and I think they they've ripped this away from the Celtics. It wouldn't surprise me if if they win it uh, on Thursday night.
2: Now, does Clay, does Mister Game Six, Clay Thompson, make a make another Game Six heroic appearance in Game Six?
0: We'll see. I mean, it's that's what he's known for. Um, again, I think this uh, this Warriors team is so deep; it's spread out with guys obviously curry scores you know what you're getting from curry but yep. to your point earlier wiggins is now scoring well pool is hitting dagger shots so if clay comes in there and goes off like game 6 clay phenomenal i i don't think the warriors need him to have 50 or let's say to have 35 points in one of his game 6 performances um but it wouldn't surprise me if he's uh, if he's locked in just kind of knowing the noise
2: yeah now we're going to move past the nba finals we're going to move into the DMV, your a DMV original DMV guy, sports fan. So I'm gonna ask you about the Washington Commanders. Sure. We're not gonna we're not, we're not gonna talk about a certain defensive coordinator. We've that's been hacked. That's that story's been hacked to death with, yes. with several several cleavers and machetes. But let's talk about Terry McLaurin and his contract holdout. Give us the details about what his uh, what his what he wants and how, what the Commanders can do to give him what he wants.
0: Well, from my understanding and reading of the situation, he's entering his final uh, year of the rookie contract. He wants to make sure that he's not going to go out there next year, tear an ACL, and lose tens of millions of dollars. He's had back-to-back 1,000-yard receiving uh, seasons. So I think he both deserves a long-term contract. He wants it. And any team, including the commanders, would be – happy to have Terry McLaurin as your wide receiver. I think your uh, comment about the Del Rio, we don't have to get into it, but this commander's team for as long as I've been a fan and it continues to this day, there's always something going on. There's always some black cloud. There's always some controversy. They're asking coach Rivera about uh, Jack Del Rio. They're asking players about him. He's deleting Twitter, blah, 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 all this stuff they that team is desperate for some positive press resign the best freaking player on your team resign <laughs> Terry McLaurin the fans want it you <laughs> better believe that offense wants it so it just seems it just seems so silly that they're letting this kind of turn into something that it probably shouldn't be because they should not let him wear another jersey uh, for, for the foreseeable future cuz he's just that good
2: now will he get the type of money we've been seeing wide receivers get paid over this offseason. Tyreek Hill got a huge contract. Christian Kirk, Christian Kirk, of all receivers, reset the market for wide receivers in the NFL. Ask me don't ask me how he did it, but he did. So will he see this type this type of money, or is it gonna get a, a pretty modest if the commanders do give him a, a modest con, a pretty modest contract, what kind of money is he getting?
0: I think they should give him the same type of money that they're throwing at these other top wide receivers. Tyreek Hill obviously is a, a Super Bowl champion. He's kind of a generational uh, player. Terry McLaurin has been putting up really, really great numbers, and he doesn't have a Patrick Mahomes. He doesn't have no. a, you know a Herbert or any of these guys. A Brady or whomever you throw these. Oh, the top
2: he had Taylor Heineke and Ryan Fitzpatrick last season for crying out loud. Exactly. So they're already in <laughs> different guys and
0: he is still producing, you know, a thousand receiving yards per season. He's young, he's talented. Um, And you got him under contract. So just keep it that way. I just don't think they should mess around. This does not seem like a situation where they need to be frugal because this is a team desperate for both positive press and they just need good players.
2: Mm -hmm. All right. So thanks again, Gardner, for joining me for some NBA talk and some DMV sports talk. Where can the people find you? Where can they find anything that you're that you're writing, producing? Where can they find you?
0: They can find me on Twitter uh, at Gardner Royce TV. That's generally the best uh, place to go. I'm tweeting out takes about the NBA finals. Got a little medium blog going. So Mm -hmm. most of it goes through Twitter. It's the best place to find me.
2: All right. Gardner Royce, as always. And I want to thank Gardner Royce Royce for jumping in and, and talking to us about the NBA Finals. That'll be tonight on ABC. Now we're going to do some throwback Thursday where I play a clip from past episode. I'm going to play a clip from February 2021. I had the chance to sit down with Rod Peterson. He is a broadcaster out of Canada. He's currently in Florida. Actually, he's bouncing back and forth between Florida and Alberta and Saskatchewan right now, but I got a chance to have a long conversation with him. It's a great conversation. His show is the Rod Peterson show. It's on 12 noon daily Eastern time on Game Plus and on YouTube. Tube streaming live. Here's a little clip from that episode, episode twenty-five. Wow, that's a long time ago, with Rod Peterson. Uh, so let's dig into what we're gonna talk about tonight, Rod. We're gonna first talk about your broadcasting career. Uh, you were a uh, you were a broadcaster with uh, junior hockey with uh, the Saskatchewan Roughriders, as, as I mentioned. How did you get into broadcasting? What made you want to get into into broadcasting?
3: <laughs> we're still trying to figure that out. I mean, I was raised <laughs> I was raised on a farm. 30 miles south of Regina, Saskatchewan. And I was the youngest of three boys. And we were uh, we were a uh, grain ranch outfit. Uh, if you've watched Yellowstone on Amazon Prime, that's kind of how I grew up, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And my dad was a farmer rancher, but he was also a hockey scout. Oh, wow. So <clears throat> my older brothers kind of did their thing. My oldest brother, to this day, I just talked to him on the phone as a riding the range cowboy. like he And he was a hockey player. Wow. But from grade one... On, I wanted to be a broadcaster in the media. And I just remember a career day when I was six years old, doing a tinfoil microphone and headphones and saying, I want to be on the radio when I was six. So going through, uh, played hockey growing up and everything, but just in, in high school, I just gravitated to the media. My dad was scouting, taking me to the rinks, and I was meeting with the coaches and stuff, but it was the broadcasters that I was always fattest, uh, saddest, or uh, fascinated by. And, uh, when I got old enough to drive, I went to the local radio station. I'm just in Wayburn, Saskatchewan, Wayburn Red Wings. You probably heard of them. And I just mm. meet on the door <laughs> of the station. I said, give me a job. And they're like, what do you want to do? And I said, I'll do anything. And I, and I was in high school and I was doing senior hockey play by play DJing anyways, went to broadcast school in Calgary and I uh, actually dropped out after a year because I got a job calling junior football. And then I got into, I entered the Western Hockey League at the age of 20 with the Prince Albert Raiders, and then I was just, from there. I mean, it was just all I ever wanted to do. And, you know, we're going to get into the the sideline career of mine that I have now, but as far as the media, I can't explain it. I was just, how would a guy in a farm where you would, the only people you would talk to for days were cows. You didn't see anybody (laughs) want to end up. Being a broadcaster, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Just a God shot I, I think.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, how many years did you, did you work with the, with the uh, Prince Albert, uh, Prince Albert team? Uh, how many years Prince, that?
3: Prince Albert Raiders for two Prince years? Yeah, I, I was there for okay. two years, and then I set goals. I wanted to be in the Western Hockey League at the age of twenty, and I did. I wanted to be in Regina, which is where I am now, when I was twenty-two. I got hired to be the voice of the Pats. I wanted to be in the NHL at the age of 25 and I didn't do that, but I got into the Canadian football league, Ryan at 26 and spent uh, the next 20 seasons with the Rough Riders and uh, actually did the Pats hockey team concurrently for 11 of those. So, and then just for the last year and a half, I've started doing this show on my own. And, and I often say, I feel like I'm having the most fun I've ever had. I am just thinking, I didn't maybe those other jobs were fun too, this is the perfect job for me right now Okay. okay. At, at this point in my life because yeah. a, little, a, a little bit of sports has changed and the media has changed if you've noticed mm. and in, you're not as free to say what you want to say and have the relationships that you want to have. And with this show, I just can't believe that I only have to work two hours a day and say whatever <laughs> I want. And very, I'm telling you, man, within a week of us launching our show, because it was digital only at the start. Now we're on right. national television. But within a week, the football players sniffed out, this is the show we want to be on because for for, for a variety of reasons. I mean, they want the little two-minute clips that they can put on their Instagram and their Twitter. They want to grow their followers. They want to look like a big deal. We do that for them. And I think, so that was the football players really early. And then Mike Babcock, you know, you mentioned you're a hockey fan. He was on my show yesterday.
2: Yep. I watched that interview. Great interview. Thank, by the thank
3: you. And it was his first interview since he was fired by the Leafs a year and a half ago. Yep. And we had TSN and Sportsnet DMing us going, how did you get him? Can you give us his number? And I'm like, he doesn't want to talk to you. You were mean to him, <laughs> you know? So with us, we don't have any affiliation to any network. And um, I think you've experienced that freedom with this show where you can say what what you want. And the the guys in the mainstream medium and girls, they don't have that freedom anymore. It used to be that way, but it's not anymore. So you're kind of blazing a trail here, and it's really cool.
2: I'll admit it. I mean, I'd like to get to a point in my broadcasting career. I actually actually graduated from college. I went back at the ripe old age of 39. I went back to school. I got my degree. I actually could probably see it right up there. Good for you. I call it yeah, thank you, thank you. I, I graduated last uh, last May uh virtually, which was kind of fun, but still it was a it was a great day. Was, and the funny thing is I live in upstate New York. Uh the day that I my graduate my graduation, it snowed. Wow. May 9th, 2020. I'll never forget that day. It snowed. I'm like, this is just God throwing me a celebration. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you got your own confetti from the yeah, sky. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good for yeah. you, man. Proud so of you.
2: Um. Thank you. Thank you. I'm actually looking to get into broadcasting myself as a full time career, but I'm doing this now on the side just to get some some most experience, and hopefully I'll be in a position that you are that I grow an audience and yeah, we'll, uh, you know, be be independent. So I mean, that's that's where I'm leaning towards right now well, these days.
3: I had a guy right into my website the other day i've been running rod since march 19th of 2006 and mm-hmm. we're at like close to 30 million views all time and it was always mm-hmm. just the idea of getting things off my chest and a guy wrote me and he said you see you will see as we come out of the pandemic that being independent is the cool thing like yes. i you you got that you figured absolutely out? Yeah. absolutely so When I left the Rough Riders, and to be honest, it was a divorce, which is fine. I say it's the first divorce in history where both sides were happy. It was just time for a change. I've Mm kind of likened it to Brady and the Patriots. You know, it it, it seemed mutual, right? Uh, I I feel that I'm Tom Brady in this scenario. But (laughs) I was like, I don't need to be affiliated with a team to prove my worth to anybody or my own worth. You know, I've been doing this long enough. I'm proven I've got the relationships with people and that's what led to the interviews like with Mike Babcock and stuff. But again, Mm -hmm. it got to the point where there's people that I've never even met high profile sports people trying to get on our show. And I never planned for that. It was supposed to just be me and my buddies and it ended up being guys want to be on this show. And, and so I kind of like, I'm asking them, why do you want to be on this show? Well, it's a safe place. We can say whatever Mm -hmm. we want. Right. Mm. We, you know, and, and I won't attack people like Babcock tonight went on Sportscent, uh, Sportsnet and he is just getting eviscerated tonight <laughs> uh, by the media and the fans. And I'm like, that's why he came on with us first. Cause mm. I often say, Ryan, with this, these shows, I'm in your house right now. Yeah. You know, and when I say sorry for the come, mess,
2: by the way. <laughs>
3: yeah. It's fine. <laughs> but you know what I mean? If somebody's going to come into my house, I'm not going to rag on them. I'm not going to abuse no. them. I'm going to be, I'm going to be hospitable to them. Yep. And that's not overly common in the media either. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. And I, I, I remember, listening. I, I watched today's uh, episode and you, we talked about cancel culture a little bit and yeah. I, I, there just seems to be uh, uh, not a whole lot of forgiveness and grace in our culture right now. It's like, everybody's out for each other's blood. I, I dislike it so much. And yeah, it, it it's and we, we talked about uh, Mike Babcock and and about how he, he owned up to his experiences. He, he, and that's the thing you got to do when you're when you're a person, you got to own up to your experiences. You got to say you're sorry. Uh, you got to go up to the person you offended and say you're sorry and say your piece and and move on and hope to become a better person.
3: Well, I know. I feel like we're very close to getting into that recovery discussion here. But as there's a friend yeah. of mine, friend of mine who was the lone surviving coach of the humble Broncos crash. Mm-hmm. And uh, his name's Chris Baudry. I just talked to him today because he's buddies with Babcock. And he once told me that you will never heal until you look your issue right in the eyes. Mm-hmm. And most people don't want to do that because it's too painful. But until yeah. you get right down to that level and look the devil in the eyes, you're not going to start to heal. And the guys that feel so upset about Babcock and his... I don't doubt, Ryan, that he did all the things he's accused of. By the Mm -hmm. way, I don't think any of those players are lying. But when he has said, we all make mistakes, we're human, I wish I could take back what I said and did, and I'm trying to be a better person, what more do you need? And and a lot of these guys, well, particularly media, there's some serious wars that have erupted here on Twitter just tonight since we've been talking of, of people defending Babcock, bashing Babcock. And I'm like, why can't you get over this? Mm-hmm. You know? I guess that was the portion of the show we were watching today. I'm like, Toronto, yeah. what's wrong with you? Why can't you get over this? You can't quit Mike Babcock. What's the deal? Yeah. So <laughs> uh, anyways, I know that's a little off topic, but it's, uh, no, it's quite all right. It, it just, you got to deal with your own stuff and, and not, not be pointing fingers. And there's just a lot of finger pointing going on, as you say, in society right now.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think we, I think we gotta have the reasonable people talk to each other and kind of drown out the loud noises that are getting the most attention. That's how I feel. Yeah. But since we're on the topic, uh, how, you, you mentioned on your Twitter profile that you're a recovery coach. How did you fall into that?
3: I literally fell into it, and um, <laughs> yeah. Well, you asked if there was any topics that were off limits, and 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 there aren't. <clears throat> but I, I quite like I speak to groups and stuff about substance abuse prevention
2: this summer if you are looking to buy tickets for your favorite band sports team venue or more remember to buy your tickets at SeatGeek. that's s-e-a-t-g-e-e-k visit seatgeek.com to search for the event you want to buy tickets for this summer if your total ticket buy is over fifty dollars use the promo code GAZ. that's g-o-z GAZ, to get twenty dollars off your purchase Any ticket purchase over $50 from SeatGeek.com, use the promo code GOZ to get $20 off your order. Save some money and enjoy the summer by using SeatGeek.com and promo code GOZ. And that'll do it for this edition of the Morning Cup on No Credentials Required. Just want to remind you before we close out to hit our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram. It's No Creds, R-E-Q-D. TikTok, No Creds, R-E-Q. Facebook.com forward slash No Creds, R-E-Q. And on YouTube, just search No Credentials Required. Click subscribe and then hit the notification bell for when new videos are released. And when you get a chance, check out all the other podcasts we have to offer on both Belly Up Media and Godzilla Media. I'm spotlighting on Belly Up Media, Two Drunk Brothers and a Podcast, which is a sports gambling podcast with the occasional hot takes hosted by brothers Jarrett and Travis Ryan. And on Godzilla Media, check out Katie's Corner, which is hosted by Brian Katie. He follows the three regional Major League Baseball teams in the Capital Region, which would be the Yankees, Mets and Red Sox. And he also has the occasional interviews with a baseball personality. I'm Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of The Morning Cup, presented by No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Music courtesy of Joseph McDade. Check him out and support his music at patreon.com forward slash josephmcdade. Be sure to rate, share, and subscribe on multiple podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Spreaker. No credentials required as a Belly Up Sports Podcast Network production in
1: association with Godzilla Media.
2: Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.